Hey folks, this is Raven. Just a quick heads up. I made a mistake during recording and my audio quality took a hit. This is a really cool episode, so hopefully you enjoyed enough that you can stick around. Fortunately, it only affected this episode, so if you didn't check out last week's episode, give that a listen. Today we're talking about protecting our peace, specifically as Black disabled women and Black disabled women who are podcasters. Yes. Yes. We were talking about how difficult some of these topics are and mm-hmm. just like how emotionally draining and mentally, honestly, traumatizing. Okay. <laughs> some of it is be. traumatizing to read this stuff and yes, and- go back in history. And I'm just like, I'm not surprised, but to just actively have to think about the stuff that happened is yeah. a lot. It's a lot. And then even more so for you because you edit what we say. Yep. So I listen to it again and again and again. Call me obsessive if you want to. But for most of our episodes, I listen to them three times before I publish them. And then usually I listen to it again after it's published. So actually, I listen to most of our episodes four times. I couldn't. There have been so many times where I'm just like, can't do it, Raven. My delicate constitution won't allow for it. And you're always very accommodating. But like for various reasons, I knew off the line that editing wasn't for me also because you had a knack for it. You called yourself a perfectionist and I know I'm not. So I'm like, why not just let her do it? But I do feel bad when we do the, especially the really heavy topics because it's a lot on your psyche, on your mind to just keep going back and listening to this and taking it in, you know, it's rough. One of the ways that we do it, we break up research heavy topics because we need some time in between to not, to essentially not think, right? (laughs) Decompress. We need episodes like this where there's not research that needs to be done, where we can just talk and share our opinions and personal experience and just run with that. I like breaking it up for a couple different reasons. One, because a lot of times the research heavy stuff is also emotionally taxing, like you said, just combing through certain details Mm-hmm. And again, how many times do we read through that between collecting the information initially and then organizing it for when yep. we're getting our notes prepared? Even if it's not emotionally taxing, research is work and it's fucking time consuming, oh, gathering and that. organizing it. And so it's nice to have episodes where we're just like, hey, what's just your personal experience? <laughs> exactly. And let's just go. <laughs> exactly. It feels like a break. Like right now, I'm just chilling. There's a right or wrong answer. Yeah, we don't feel like we're sitting on one side of a debate in this uh, episode. (laughs) Like the last episode. (laughs) Even that one, like that was really intense. For those of you who don't know, we batch record. So we do what, two episodes a day. We've never done more. We've thought about it. We've thought about it. Two is a max. Okay, two is a max. So like now it just feels like honestly kind of like a weight is off my brain. You might not feel the same, but I feel like, okay, that one, we had to stay to facts. And this is, like I said, there are no facts here. This is just your personal anecdotes. So I love it. Even if we have multiple research heavy topics, there are certain ones that are more emotionally heavy. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of topics we have on our content calendar that we've been kicking down the road for a while that we're actually covering this month um, and then next month. But we've been kicking them down the road for a while because it's just like, I don't want to talk about Not these yet. bitches. 
I don't want to talk about them. We're not talking about them after we just focused on these other people. Can we not talk about these bitches during Women's History Month? We're just like, no. I will assume responsibility for that because you've been game to go. And I'm just like, I can't. Can we not? And you're like, sure. (laughs) Yeah, I'll always say yes, because you know me. Please. We got the, the whole rest of the year. She's got episodes mapped out. Yeah, I had it done. I had most of this year done last year. Right. So, I mean, naturally, I have a good chunk of 2023 planned. Yeah. This podcast covers so many topics because I know a lot of people are like, you need to niche down. You need to not be so broad. But it's it's tough, right? We we're talking mm-hmm. about our experience. And um, good thing about that, though, is we're not going to run out of stuff to talk about. <laughs> we're not. And I think we're curious people. Yes. And we like learning and we like disseminating information. And we're opinionated. And as black people, black women, black blind women, you're never going to be wanting for topics, Mm -mm. especially with the perspective that we have. How can you niche down? We're talking about life. (laughs) Yes. What do you mean? (laughs) There's a lot of times where we have conversations via WhatsApp. Mm -hmm. Me and Olivia will be having a back and forth. And we don't even need to do any research because I (laughs) sat my ass down and took notes on seven or eight messages worth of WhatsApp conversations. I'm like, can we take these messages and like make these a podcast? And that saves us some work some of the time because it's like, "Eh, we already kind of talked about what we were going to talk about. And let me just write this down. (laughs) And I just be talking like I be mean everything I say, but I used to be talking to you and then you'll be like, you said this. And I'm like, I did. (laughs) So grateful to you because your organization skills are second to none. I personally rely heavily on them because I'm like, I already know it's going to be even for this right here. You've got notes. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. okay." (laughs) Like, I know what I want to say, but there's an order to it. And I am chaos incarnate. So. Another thing I really love that it just helps break things up on this podcast. Mm-hmm. They don't get as many listens as the other episodes do, which I don't get it. But people love drama. People do. The little series that we do. I'm like, how do people want to listen to this? Our series be dope. They're okay. all under 10 minutes. This past one, that wasn't so much the case. The one about the slave rebellions, some of those ran a touch over 10 minutes. But it didn't seem like I think it. there were one or two. Oh, my gosh. We've been giving y'all some good stuff. I don't understand not listening to them. They're educational. I think sometimes people don't like background music to stuff. Listen, I think that delineates it from our normal podcast. So I personally like it. And because it's it's such a short thing, like if we put, say, like this to music. Now, personally, I don't like that. I've heard them like that. And I'm like, no, this is very off-putting. You don't need a backing track for 45 minutes. No. I mean, there's other people who think we don't need to be talking for 45 minutes, but <laughs> goodbye. There's always, goodbye. Listen, there are always going to be, you know, tastes and they will always differ. You know, your mileage will vary, but yes. like for when we do our series, I don't know, it just makes sense, especially because they're, it's themed, right? So I don't know. I don't know why those don't yeah. get much love. I enjoy it. On the editing and production side of things, I've learned so much about editing music from doing this podcast. I mean, I've learned a lot about editing audio in general, obviously, but I've gotten into editing music and gotten really good at it. 
compared to when we did our first Black Disability History series. <laughs> but I just love it. It's such a change of pace. I love picking out the music. I don't care to admit how much time I spend on that. <laughs> but that music piece is so important in just setting the mood and, and so. helping paint the picture. I mean, for our Black Beauty highlights, it's a lot easier because a lot of times I already know, like, this goes with Olivia's voice. This goes with my voice, right? We have two mm. different voice profiles. And so I can't just... It's very rare that I have a piece of music that goes well with both our voices. Um, right. I have some. That's not usually the case. And I like enhancing the story with it. I mean, music just totally enhances the story. Yeah. Also, too, as far as helping to, like, protect our piece goes, that was my original intention for this podcast to give voice to you know, my mental agony. Okay. Of course it came about in 2020 because of everything that was going on. And, you know, I wanted to put a different perspective out there that I didn't see. And you and uh, originally Le Carrier, of course, agreed. And so that's how we got going. But like, it does help to protect you know, my piece in another way of getting this stuff out of doing the research too, and educating myself because there are lots of things that we've done that I thought I knew something about. Then we've done the research and I'm like, well, I was off base or I was not even in the ballpark, you know, it can also instill a type of piece, right? Like, okay, now that I have more knowledge about this topic, I'm more confident in my stance on it or my stance has changed and this is why. And that does, that stability can provide a type of peace. I did not realize that before, but what say you? We align like the stars of the... <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, you play too much. <laughs> This podcast, I didn't quite understand what it would be when we started it. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it has evolved into something else from the way it originally began, which is fine. For sure. It is such an outlet because here is my thing. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> the more I live life and go on in this world, the more I get exposed to people. You know, there's people you feel like you can talk some shit with. Like, you feel like you can really be honest. Mm-hmm. And then they say some out-of-pocket shit. <sighs> the pandemic, the lockdowns brought a lot of people pulled their pants down, oh, spread their cheeks wide, <laughs> and puckered out their asshole. I'ma just say I'm sorry. That's they just no. Trump's presidential campaign did it too. It started the ball rolling. This magnified it. People so like, here it is. To me, in all its glory. It was nice to start this podcast as an outlet to have this space with Olivia and originally the Curie, but it was nice to have this space where we can talk about the issues that affect us as Black people, as Black women, as disabled people, mm -hmm. as disabled women, as Black disabled women, right? Mm -hmm. Because some of these issues overlap and sometimes they're uniquely separate. True. But there is this lovely space that we have now where we know, okay, we can talk about these issues and we both relate to each other for the most part. And man, it is so nice to have it because it is very hard for people to understand because of the identities we occupy. We are different from a lot of people in so many ways. There's a lot of experiences we have and thought processes that we have about those experiences that most other people are just not going to relate to. Exactly. I've said to Olivia, I'm like, our podcast is like church. I'll be listening <laughs> yeah. to our stuff and I'll be like, 
Olivia be saying something or we be talking, we be having an exchange and I be having a damn near spiritual experience. I'd be like, oh, y'all, like you better come on. Please say this part. Please say this thing. Did we say, oh, we said it. Yes. <laughs> so I get excited. I'm like, I don't care what the fuck happens in the world. I fucking love this podcast, man. I love having this outlet. I love podcasting with you, Olivia. And um, yeah. Ditto. I do too, even though I have tried to bail on you several times. Not tried. I've offered. You thought, you thought about it. I've thought about it because there have been times where I felt like overwhelmed. There are times where I'm just like in between when we're not podcasting and I'm thinking about like, oh, got to do research, got to get the notes. And I'm like, I don't want to. But then when we sit down and actually do it, I'm here for it all. I'm 10 toes down. I will continue <laughs> to check in. I'm like, you're still good. Even sure. though you've said, I mean, I get it. Will be. Yeah. Cause you want to make sure we're on the same page. Right. The reality is podcasting is a lot of work. There are so many podcasts that do not Die. last nearly as long as we have. Right. Most podcasts mm-hmm. don't. Right. Because it's hard work. And to know that it could be forever or never before you get paid for doing something like this. Yep. That is hopeless to a lot of people. And that's why I think it's so important for us to like, okay, we are passionate about this shit. I would love for this podcast to go big places, but even if it doesn't, even if it doesn't, I still love this. I love what I have learned as a result of this podcast. And so far as the research we have done and so far as audio editing is related and so far as the podcaster communities that I'm in, it's made it worthwhile. Mm-hmm. I will say I'm not as engaged as you are because we were talking earlier about how we both have pulled back from social media because nope. I know personally I was being overwhelmed and I got off of social media actually for six months earlier this year. And now we want to grow the podcast so we've got to get back on there and get back on the horse. But it is overwhelming to be on social media. And even if it's just in, you know, I was in a few podcaster groups, but then they started doing that thing where they were like, they got off of Facebook and other like social media and they started charging to be part of their group, which, okay, I ain't gonna hold you like, Get make your money, right? But I'm like, oh, it's not that deep for me. Right. It requires a lot of you if you do want to try and grow your podcast. You have to have a social media presence and you gotta be real deep into that. Like someone said, um, you gotta post at least three times a day. And not yeah. one of us wanna do that. At we, all. we are not. We We're have not. somebody help us with our social media, and <laughs> I'm still do. not. I definitely pulled back. People are wilding out on social media. It's just too much. Yeah. I don't understand how people have time or how people enjoy it. I I really don't don't. understand that. I'm I'm not going to be able to get it. This has just been me for the longest time. It's not something I think about. Like the other aspects of podcasting, I absolutely love. Mm -hmm. But the bitch about starting a podcast or a business or whatever is that you need to spend (sighs) what it seems like half your life on social media. And when I say half your life, I don't just mean posting, right? Because hitting post on some shit is easy, but you got to like make these videos. You got to edit these videos. You got to find these images, make it appealing, promote it. And then you got to appeal to all these fucking algorithms. And the more I have learned about these algorithms, I'm just like, no, I can't. Because then it's like, 
you don't actually get a break from it. And that's some you bullshit. Don't. I don't support that shit. So it's just whatever the fuck it is. We are taking baby steps mm-hmm. in our relationship with social media in so far as this podcast is really. Yes. <laughs> and that is how we protect our peace. Otherwise, we might catch a case on one of these social media platforms because people be walling. Yeah. The baby yes. steps things is important to me because I don't want to rage quit. I mean, if we rage quit uh-huh. anything, it'll just be social media. There might be a day we, we make up and I'm just like, Olivia, we are done with social media. We're just going <laughs> to post the podcast episodes and hope for the best. We get what we get, damn it. I do appreciate having our own space to say what we want, how we want with no like rules or regs. We just mark the shit explicit and you do with it what you will. Right. We let you know up, up front. Like, if you don't get mad, it says explicit. Take that how you want, but you know, at the very least, it's going to be some cussing. But I love it. And it's one of the benefits. All right. Cause I know I'm always taking a shit on the US and I mean it every time. But this is one of the benefits of being in this country where the rules are really relaxed. We're not the only country where the rules are this relaxed, but we, it does happen here where we can say the things that we say hold the views that we do and you know not have to fear like i've said to you before we've got more to fear from a person on the street than we do say the government right right i do realize that privilege and i am going to run with that bitch to the end zone yes i am agreed (laughs) we were saying how when you say things there's less room for confusion Yes. Like the tone in which you say it and the words that you choose and the fact that we talk black in the sense that we say things in multiple ways, they can be the same thing. So you get it. And so you understand, hopefully, where we're coming from in our point of view. You may not share it, but you can't be like, well, what did you mean by that? Because we are abundantly clear in what we say. And so you can't really take it and be like and misconstrue it. I guess you could if you wanted, but you just be wasting your time, really. Right. It is a lot easier to think about how to say what you're going to say when you're speaking than how to say what you're going to say when you're writing. At least Mm -hmm. it is for me, for the reason you just said. I mean, I commend all the people with blogs. I've thought about associating a blog with this podcast that may happen down the road. 10 years from now. <laughs> I mean, you know, blogging is nice for purposes insofar as discovery of our content is related. Mm-hmm. We are talking about topics that are very controversial. They can be very polarized and there is a lot of room to misconstrue it. I like doing it in this platform, in this medium rather of podcasting and not YouTube. You know, we have the option to post these episodes to YouTube. But um, our shit could get flagged. It would. I understand that YouTubers are dealing with this. Different YouTubers are dealing with this on a regular basis where Mm -hmm. they're getting cease and assist letters. They're getting their shit taken down. They're getting their videos demonetized. And it's all over different stuff. Some of it is black content creators. Some of it is disabled people. And they're showing parts of their body that are disturbing to see. And so they're getting flagged for disturbed images. Some of it is language related. You can't swear too soon in a YouTube video and all this stuff. And I'm just like, you know Mm -hmm. what? I don't have the um, bandwidth to incorporate YouTube insofar as this podcast is related. Fuck their rules. Fuck their rules. There's a lot more freedom here. I like where we are. Yeah. What it is, is do you own the rights to your content? Yes. 
do you know that we could distribute it every fucking where and you can't do anything about it? Yes. yes. And they're like, all right, OK, enjoy your podcast. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how we do it as podcasters. We protect our peace. Yes. As people, as black people, I just don't watch the fucking news. That'd be hard, though. I might look at, at trending topics on Google when I go and log in, you know, to go on the Internet. And then you day. regret it, right? Because I regret it. I always regret it. And I'm like, how did it's a double edged sword, I guess, because when you don't, you do feel at least my mind feels more at peace. But then you don't know, like the latest big things like I think. There were a few, for example, when the shootings happened at the supermarket and then at the school, you know, most recently within the last like two, three months, I didn't know about that for at least, I think like a day or two. And so I, you know, because I was like, I just wasn't dialed in because I'm like, I can't, I become actually depressed. I really do like satting, crying and like just not wanting to interact with the world uh, when I read too much negative stuff. Yeah, it makes you feel uncomfortable with existing. That's that's how it makes me feel. I'm just like, yes, yes. So I got to continue to exist on this planet with these people, with these people like this. Like, why? Why do we have to go through this? And, you know, like, especially as a black person, a lot of the shit dude drove three hours to kill a bunch of black people because he knew he knew that's where a lot he did his research. And went there with the express purpose of killing as many black people as he could for no other reason than they were black. They were going to the supermarket. It's just important for us to disconnect. I'm the same. I was listening to the news recently because I was sitting in an urgent care waiting room. And as soon as I heard they had the news on, I was like, oh, no. Oh, oh no, no, no. Headphones, Headphones. Uh, AirPods. Like I'm going to on low so I can hear him call my name, but I cannot, will not. Ooh. It's demoralizing. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with this country where it's like, you know, you could have more positive stories, bro. Like, yes, the world is fucked up. That's not news. And then they do this for a living. I would love to know how some of these reporters and journalists decompress and de-stress. They got to have a freaking team of therapists. I I, I would need some therapy because I'm just like, y'all, I don't even want to listen to it. I don't know how you are spending hours of your day researching and filming and Right. A lot of these news segments, that's just one hour. The other seven hours of they shift or whatever they do and they out there looking at more of the same. God. And I don't know if if this is still a thing, because I know it used to be Hmm. a saying that if it bleeds, it leads. And they used to say stuff like people overwhelmingly want to see negative things because it's something about the human psyche. Right. Well, it makes us feel better about our lives. Our situation. Yeah. Our situation. I don't know. That's what they say. Sick people, but apparently it's enough sick people or people that are very disturbed, if nothing else. And they they say like, well, that's what people want to see. And I'm like, are you sure that's still the case, though? They say once the media started to take off and become the juggernaut that it is now, like it got worse because, of course, you know, there was a point in time where it wasn't this prevalent news itself wasn't this prevalent. But now it's like your heart pressed to turn on anything and fine. Correct me if I'm wrong. Hit us up. You know where to find us. But I would imagine that most every news broadcasting is probably majority negativity or fear mongering of some sort. Most of it is, especially TV news. Every goddamn one of them. Most of those news broadcasts are negative stories. They'll throw like two positive stories in or something. Mm -hmm. 
And we're not talking about the traffic and the freaking weather either. There's people like my parents. They watch the news. They're like, oh, we got to watch the 6 a.m. news, the 11 o'clock news, 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock. I'm just like, yikes. That's, what? That's- in their house, if I visit them, I'm just like, I can't listen to it. I can't be in the room with that. I, I mean, it's part of the reason I hate the news now, but I also don't like to. This is what fucks me up as a black person, black woman, any of this in this country, just a fucking American citizen, please, mm-hmm. is the people who are like, did you hear about did you hear about such tragedy on the news? I'm just like, you know, you could make a choice to just not open your fucking mouth and you decided to open it. And the thing that we are going to talk about now is some bullshit. There's that. But then there's the other side to this as well, where there is some tragic shit happening. And then we all have to function and go about business as usual. not. And know that this country, we're working on taking people's rights away, different groups of people at a time. And we're just supposed to act like that shit is not happening. And like... I don't know what the answer is, really. I don't know what anybody could say in my workplace to make me feel comfortable, but it's just very disturbing. And then somehow I have to operate. I still got to go to work and make my money and come home and cook my dinner and just go to bed at night and wake up. Keep it going. Try not to let that slow me down. And that's really hard. And that's why I disconnect from the news, because I can't keep watching that, listening to it. Sometimes people bring up news stories and to stop them. Now they'll be like, hey, did you hear about blah, blah? And be like, nope, I am not interested in hearing about it either, though. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no, I didn't hear about that. that. And I don't want to either. Exactly. I'm done. I'm not about to stand here and let you. I don't want to say traumatize me, but it is an emotional assault of sorts. Yes, it is. I think we need to acknowledge that. Someone has said that we have so many tragedies in our country that we don't even have time to grieve before the next one hits. That resonated with me. I was like, yes, this is true because we do not get the chance to acknowledge and and to sit with, unpack and heal from one tragedy before they're pushing another one. Like, And that's not to say these these don't happen. But like you said, we're expected to just keep going because we've normalized trauma. We've normalized tragedy. And you could say that it's the world. And it is true because it's, it's screwed up everywhere. But to have it continuously shoved down your throat and you being told that you like it because this is what people want. Or that we should. You should be checked in. You should listen to it. How will you stay informed that one? Yeah, I stay informed. By reading it at my own pace. If I want to read it, if I want to listen to NPR for a little bit, I click on the app. I get a few stories in. That's probably it for, I mean, I might do it a couple times a week, maybe. But if I'm at somebody else's location, whether it's a public place or a house, I don't have control over the input. And so I just got to block it out entirely. Mm -hmm. Another way I protect my peace, and we already said it earlier is, again, disengaging for social media, not just for podcast purposes, but in general. Uh-uh, no, this is in general. Yeah, when we say disengaging, <laughs> we're talking about social media across the board. It is just, yeah. it's not worth it. It's not. And I personally noticed an uptake in personal wellness, like mental wellness, when I took a break from social media from like January to June. And I'm for it. That's why it's been so difficult trying to get back on because I'm like, I don't 
I don't want to. I don't want to lose this feeling. I don't want to lose this contentment that I've gained from not having to be on social media, seeing all the tomfoolery. And I'm a bit ashamed, but not enough to change it, right? I created an echo chamber because I couldn't deal with people. No, you can't build all the racists and bigots posting on Facebook. I cannot do it. There were so many of them, too. So many. I had a bunch on mine. I I think I still do, but I snoozed some people or whatever it's called on Facebook. And yeah, I've deleted and blocked or unfriended and blocked a lot of motherfuckers. I'm like, you're showing me who you are and I ain't here for it. And I have the control whether or not to even engage with you, even on this. Bye bye. Yeah, I don't blame anybody for that. Because I am not obligated to continue engaging with people who clearly think that people like me shouldn't exist, shouldn't exist in our spaces. We should not be outspoken about the things that we experience because they're okay with us as long as we don't talk about the issues that we face, Mm -hmm. the discrimination that we face, the prejudice that we face. As long Mm -hmm. as we don't talk about that, you're cool. They get to show their asses all they want to and then shit talk the people who do speak up about injustices you got people fucked up. I mean, I see all the way people were talking about we need to go back to where we could agree to disagree. And I'm just like, no, no. If I see that sentiment one more time, I'm going to throw hands and I don't even fight. Uh, Like, again, uh, there are things that there aren't two sides of a freaking story. There aren't two sides. This is not, well, I like pineapple on pizza or I like to eat standing up. No. These people don't deserve human rights. Yeah, I'm sorry. I need you out of my life. Or this never happened to these people. (gasps) That's right. Holocaust deniers, the slavery deniers. Did you know there is a freaking school of thought? I can't even call it a school because that's an insult to the word. Of people who actually say like slavery never happened. They're like, where are the slave ships? And black people are actually, they were never enslaved. They were already here. They were the Native Americans. I'm like, what are you talking about? Frederick Douglass didn't, did he just, that was a fiction? Clearly, Harriet Tubman. A bunch of these people that uh, we've covered as Black Beauty highlights. These All those people. These people just dreamed that up. They just made that That up. That never happened, child. I need you to explain. That breaks my brain. There are people who are just like, well, we, we don't know what happened. We weren't there. And you ain't going to say that in reference to nothing else, by the, by the way. They won't say it in reference no. to a bunch of other stuff, but they'll bring up that nonsense when it comes to slavery mm-hmm. or the Holocaust. They will. The same is true with the Bible, but you'll be singing that bullshit song. Y'all, from the freaking rooftop. Hey, wait. But y'all wasn't there. Y'all Shoot, that's wasn't not, it's not there. even written in its original language. And as we know, with any language, there's never a one-to-one translation, but you take that ish and you eat it up. But okay. It's funny the mental gymnastics people will do. Well, one of the ways I do protect my peace is actually by following Black content creators, disabled content creators. Sometimes it is certain social media accounts, um, YouTube accounts, TikTok accounts, and all the stuff that they share isn't necessarily uplifting either. But just for the sake of validation, because of course we know a lot of people, they will jump fences to invalidate our experiences. Man. But um, <laughs> they make that shit a sport. Okay. They do. So. <laughs> It's nice to have some solidarity somewhere and have people relate to my experience and people don't make me question my fucking reality and um, question my sanity. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I follow black content creators. And sometimes they do talk about positive stuff. There is an account, Crash Course Black American History, mm-hmm. or whatever it's called on YouTube. And it's funny because there was a while where we were like two steps ahead of them on our black beauty highlights. Like <laughs> we would cover a person and then a couple of weeks they would cover a person. And it was like that for a little bit. It was jocking us. It was funny. It validates me that I'm just like, oh, look, other people are talking about this stuff. Other people think that it's important to talk about these people and keep our ancestors alive and keep our history alive in this way Mm -hmm. by just educating people. And that's the thing that really makes me feel good about following these creators that, okay, other people understand this is important and it makes you feel not alone. It does. Yeah, I tend to stick with podcasts all my my podcast is all black everything my podcast playlist is like all black everything and they cover other topics that interest me like expatriation and just like black resiliency and stuff like that so all that is very helpful in like keeping me grounded and kind of instilling hope you know it's very refreshing and it helps me recenter and refocus so I can say that that's also very helpful. And I read. I read a lot. I have a wide range of um, interests. So I read fiction books and stuff like that. Anything like that to kind of feed my mind, but also help me de-stress and give me a break from the bullshit that surrounds us all the time. Yeah, my go-to is comedy podcasts. I listen to a lot of comedy Some of it is uh, not even cerebral at all. Very childish, immature 12-year-old shit. And I do not care. Um, I like prank phone call podcast, man. I don't... Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Oh, I (laughs) told you it's childish. It's lovely. (laughs) I I love it. (laughs) I'm not... I ain't gonna hold you. My favorite genre is urban fantasy and paranormal stuff. So shapeshifters and werewolves and all that. I love horror I do subscribe to horror podcasts and listen to that stuff. I mean, obviously, some of it is disturbing and there's some of it I can't listen to, depending (laughs) on what they're talking about. But I'm a huge horror fan. I love horror movies. I like horror podcasts. Yes, it's terrible, but it's not real. Right. Like I know at the end of the day, you know, I get to turn that off and that's stuff that's not actually happening. And I don't know. I get some adrenaline rush from that, from being scared. I like being scared. I love haunted houses, all of that stuff. Nope. I don't expect anybody <laughs> to understand that except my, no, fellow, no, no. Horror, my fellow horror fans yes. out there. That's a thing. They say people love being scared because they do like the adrenaline rush. Things that people wouldn't think like, oh, that wasn't scary. Okay. I watched Jeepers Creepers and I had nightmares for four years. Okay. That's how I'm built. Whoa. So I can't do horror because my brain takes stuff and it just runs with it. So no, 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 no. Yeah. A lot of times I just laugh or I'm very analytical. So I'll mm-hmm. be like, oh, my Lord, how that wouldn't even even happened in real life. Only in this book, people be doing stuff in movies. And I'm like, sir, why are you letting that happen? But I mean, <laughs> whatever, like he's a victim of the script, so it doesn't matter. Right. right. Like, he was written that way. So but and I, I can't just... disconnect enough to do that in the moment. Maybe <laughs> later when people like I think I love watching. Uh, have you ever heard of the Dead Meat channel on? No. A- Oh my God, you might love it because he only does horror movies. He breaks them down. And so oh, now like, I gotta look him up. Dude, he's dope. Like he's amazing. I can watch his stuff. I don't, my sister does, but I've been around when she's watched him. And I'm like, I can watch a horror movie like that 
because he'll tell the whole story and he counts all the dead people. Like that's the whole purpose of why he does it. But if you just gave me a straight up horror movie and says sit and watch this from start to finish, couldn't do it. It's crazy too, because I can watch horror and yes, there's people being killed and stuff Mm -hmm. Um, or like even thriller movies, right? Like the Purge series. I love that shit. Mm -hmm. We might be getting close to that though. So we'll see how much longer. (laughs) But um. I like that stuff. But then there's real life stuff where what is this? There's a YouTube channel called Ask a Mortician or something. Mm-hmm. And this lady just goes into detail about death and dying. Yeah. And I understand that this is going to happen to all of us. But, but I do not want to spend any part <laughs> of my life thinking about death or dying. I have watched those. I will watch those. Oh, yeah, I'm like, see. I'm curious. Some of it I can, but there's certain ones I can't. I'm, you're making me think about it too much. I don't know how. <laughs> Somebody explain to me why. Why can I check out of a horror movie? It's different because it's stuff that's it's real, real. And I know that it happens, but I'm just like, I don't want to think about death. I get I, that. I don't. And not that horror movies are not necessarily not thinking about death. I guess it's not the type that I watch. It's paranormal people that are already already dead. dead. And then too, like those people are playing characters. Yes. And you'll see them in another movie. Yeah, Um, exactly. But with actual dead people, you know, roll credits. That's it. So, yeah. So that's how we de-stress and decompress, man. This this is a lot of work. Anybody who thinks about starting a podcast. This is way more work than anybody will ever tell you. Right. No one told us. Even even the bitch who's like six simple steps to starting your podcast. It's a lie. No, it's a lie. It is not simple. I'm not going to say we've done it all because it's not true. We haven't even, you know, reached a point where we're monetized or anything. And like, that's a whole nother level with a new Mm -hmm. devil. Right. But Mm -hmm. starting a podcast, which (laughs) as of the airing of this episode, I actually have two podcasts (laughs) Yes, you do. Now, it's one of those things that, you know, you and I are almost two years into actually having a podcast, right? Because we started talking several months before the podcast was even launched. Right. And so while I have experience with starting one, there's certain things that drifted back far enough into the past that I'm like, I forgot (laughs) we got through it. And now that I've launched another one along with a co-host, it is a lot. It's especially a lot when you're doing it with another person and you're learning each other's communication styles and and they are new learning how to vibe together mm-hmm. and it changes you. And I think for sure doing this podcast in a lot of ways has changed me for the better. It's taught me about communicating and patience. And I think too, picking and choosing what to stress out over mm-hmm. that type of stuff. There's a lot of people who are like, consistency is key. And I'm just like, you know what? The consistency is the podcast is going to be there within a seven day span. It'll come out. (laughs) I'll say we have two (laughs) podcast episodes a week, so they'll be there. That's the consistency because we have fucking lives. Shit happens. I get stressed out. I get overwhelmed. Sometimes I just don't feel like. (laughs) And all of those are valid. You got to take care of yourself. And I think that's the thing a lot of people don't realize. They think it's just getting behind, you know, what's the best life? What's the best whatever? And it's like you have to look out for your mental well-being. And you've got to take that, put make that a priority when you're doing this. This is Intersectional Insights. 
If you like our content, leave us a rating or review to help the podcast. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you have any comments, questions, or topic suggestions, you can email us, intersectionalinsights at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.